Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for... And we are off yet once again for another episode, another installment of The Conspiracy Farm, ladies and gentlemen. But we do not find the conspiracies, no. We just, um, actually, we, we find them and just sprinkle a little water. We don't come up with them. We don't start our own. But uh, there are plenty out there that we just add a little water to. And I am running sidekick, shotgun, as always, with UFC Hall of Famer Pat Milicic. How you doing today, my friend? Doing good, man. It's uh you know, it's just me and you today. No guests, but that's fine. There's a lot going on for us to talk about and, and we'll need uh, to digest. bring into the light, so to speak. Yes. Where to begin, man? I mean, I guess we can just go, you know, from a chronological standpoint and work backwards. Well, let's last let's night, start with the positive. And, and... Well, last night, I guess the, the, the anti-Trump, the never-Trump sentiment has not quite extended to Whatever that was last night, Northern Georgia and South Carolina region, because um, they, she's the, the Democrat spent almost fifty million dollars compared to the Republicans, I think six, and wound up losing. I guess it was close, but he wound up losing, and that's a, I don't know, that's a bad sign because you saw, honestly, I saw the, um, the whole run up to this, listening to the CNN pundits once again, it was all about how they hate Trump so much, and even though it's been a Republican stronghold, they're gonna. The vitriol for Trump is so much that's going to become, you know, Democrat. What do you, what happened, dude? What happened? I think that um, America's waking up. I mean, look, in that area, generally Republicans win. Um, so it's not necessarily an upset, but the amount of money spent by Ossoff, where, you know, he received, I think, 70 to 80% of his money of that 40 some million dollars came from California. So they were basically. Um, you know, the banana republic that is California now was trying to turn Georgia into the, the same, same mess by, by throwing massive amounts of money at it. And it was unsuccessful. And I think what it comes down to is that the American people now have definitely woken up and are understanding that, um, they're not buying Marxism, no matter the new name, the new paint job and all the other bullshit that comes with it. And that's a global sentiment, I guess. You know, it didn't quite take hold with the Le Pen race in, in France, but I mean, you look at Brexit. I mean, that, that, that is kind of a global sentiment. People are, I mean, it, it, even like we talk about this, it transcends a right left thing. People are getting the fact that, uh, the, the people at the top who control everything like to keep us fighting with the right left when in fact, there's larger stuff going on. And, um, something you said something to me about, and I've heard this. On Donald Trump, a silent coup. We talked about this in previous episodes before he was even elected. We talked about, you know, uh, almost that atmosphere that Kennedy was in when he got elected. Professional bureaucrats, people have been there 10, 20 years who were just not going to let some lone gunslinger come in and clean house. We've said before on the show, we think he's surrounded by Judases. I'm still on the, you know, I'm still not sure, man, because he's making arms deals with Saudi Arabia. I'm, you know, obviously I'm very suspect of the man, but as far as him being this non-globalist, non-war starter, I, I don't know. But uh, what are your thoughts on this domestic silent coup via the professional bureaucrats in the media? 
Well, I mean, you know, ever since I think it was God, when did they unionize federal government? I mean, that's how can to me federalizing or unionizing the federal government employees um, to me is garbage. I mean, that's do I get to negotiate with the with the unions um, as a citizen who pays their salaries and, and everything else? I mean, um, so it comes down to union members in these bureaucratic tangled webs, these departments that can't be removed. They can't get rid of them. And and yeah, they're they're some of the leakers. They're people that are actively um, against President Trump, against the new administration and really against, in my mind, the Constitution, uh, everything that they're doing. I mean, these these departments can write their own laws without Congress. I mean, they can pass a law at any time, you know, so given, you know, just the EPA, for instance, can decide to um, fine a rancher um, massive amounts of money per day for digging a pond on his own property for his cattle. You know, that's the kind of shit that's going on. So, um, and that's, that, that's what, real what too. People can with. look that up. People can actually look that part of that EPA legislation. I think that Trump tried to roll back or has tried or is trying to roll back is some that very thing, man. Farmers, people getting fined for small, small bodies of water for whatever reason. But um, yeah, yeah, and he's definitely you know trying to strip that down. But um, yeah, and that's why he can't. You know, on the left, you know, the media is constantly reporting. You know, Trump can't uh, hasn't appointed this guy, that guy hasn't hasn't put these people in place. Well, that's the the bureaucrats within the government aren't giving them security clearances, so they can't be put into those jobs. So I guess it's just intentional of of just hampering the entire bogging down the entire administration on purpose. And that's I mean, and ultimately that's to me what it is. Again, I mean, I hate to keep qualifying it, but I'm not necessarily a Trump stumper, and I'm, I'm not, I definitely didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, but. I mean, when you see the 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 apparatus that is going on to, like you said, stop him at every move, you know, now it was the the Russian thing. Now we've moved, kicked that can down the road. Now it's obstruction. Like they are going to find any and everything, uh, and, and the media is a huge tool in this to to hamper any any progress. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, and you've got a uh, what when the uh, when Comey testified and basically blew the everything out of the water with the whole Russian deal, the very next day some liberal professor from California writes a, uh, an article saying that Trump pulling out of the Paris Agreement is an impeachable offense. It's like, really? <laughs> they just say shit. It's like it the inversion of reality. So, I mean, <clears throat> as we've seen, man, chides are being chosen, man. People want to fight or fuck, love or kill, to quote a little line from the doors. You've seen these conflicts, man, these protests. They are starting to get more and more physical. Um, and I hear pundits on the news. We've even kind of teased the term. We've talked about it with Sonny Puzikas. Are we moving? And some of it's provoked. Some of it is organic because I think we do have a lot of, I don't know, we are at each other's throats on almost every level. But do we see some kind of civil conflict, civil unrest, civil war manifesting here in the coming months? Uh, you know the shooting of the of the of the uh, Republicans at the baseball game. I mean, this is a Bernie supporter, a socialist. You know what I mean? Who thought that would have been, you know, the move on on that side, pulling out guns and starting to plug people? The lines are being crossed, you know, kind of across the country. Do you see it escalating, or are, are cooler heads going to prevail? Um, I well. 
you know, cooler heads are trying to prevail on our side for the most part on on the Constitution loving American side. I mean, we're the ones with a lot to lose. A lot of these people don't have a lot to lose. They're they're many are you know, I mean, from just from the Trump rallies when he was running for president, you know, there were uh, DNC people who've been fired who were paying people to go in and cause disruptions, cause fights. So the media could then report on the violence at the Trump rallies and all this other stuff. And, you know, that portraying Trump's followers as hateful, violent, you know, bigots and racists and everything else. Um, and, you know, a Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL posted on Facebook, and I don't even know if I told you this. Um, he posted a video of some guys hog hunting and they were driving high speed in a four wheel drive and flying through the Texas uh, desert, basically, I think they're on somebody's ranch because there are no fences for miles and miles that they're driving. And they've got spotlights out on, and there's hogs running everywhere. And these guys are smoking these hogs with ARs left and right, and they just keep driving. I mean, they're, they're flying along. They shoot hundreds of hogs, and these guys know how to shoot. And he basically posted with that video what he said was, you know, does the left have any idea what they're going to wake up? The, the monsters that they're going to wake up if they pick a war with the people on the other side who, when, when, cause when the big boys come out to play, um, the, the left is going to have the worst nightmare that they've ever envisioned in their life. And they don't realize it. Um, the ones being paid to go out and cause problems and, and all this violence. Um, I don't think that they realize it, that they're going to be the ones that end up getting killed while collecting a check from a Soros funded organization. Um, but that's what the people like Soros want. They want for the right, the people on the right side, uh, the constitutionalists, to finally get fed up and open up on these people so that they can turn this country upside down. Well, and then, you know, kind of go on a big uh, gun grab and then, you know, enter your your worst case scenario of, what is it, Rex 84 and any of those kind of uh, COG, contingency of government, you know, martial law, essentially, uh, you know, that's obviously good, good luck. Good luck in America taking people's guns. I mean, you might be able to pull that off in a in you know like New Orleans when there's a when there's a uh, a hurricane, but you're not going to do that nationwide. I mean, once people catch wind of it, dude, everybody's everybody's loading loading up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, well, and it, per back to what you're saying about you know them that that whatever side not understanding the kind of beast that can awaken, I think after a minute, I just had this conversation yesterday with somebody. Um, I think they will, I, and whatever. This is just my own prognostication. I think that side will be the first side to engage because they will lose militarily, and they know that in symmetrical warfare, they will be the first to escalate into like an asymmetrical, more guerrilla warfare. Which is kind of, uh, you know, you look traditionally, that is kind of like the communist, uh, you know, that, that side's kind of way a little bit more on, on the guerrilla side. But I see that happening. You already see it kind of rudimentarily with their little Molotovs and snap and pops and black cats and bottle rockets they're throwing at people. But um, a la the weathermen, if you remember the weathermen back in the 70s, you know, they kind of used yeah. rudimentary uh, improvised explosive devices um, but they might have a couple people or two in there with some military acumen, so you know it, it might get a little bit more sophisticated. But like I said, I see that side going going guerrilla because they know, uh, you know, you know, a face to face kind of symmetrical type of situation is just bad mojo for them. Well, and the thing is, is that you know this this all stems back to you know the everything on the left 
their whole platform is based on lies, you know, because it's it's all about, you know, caring for people. It's all about, you know, helping helping the poor, helping, you know, the weak, helping the, the minorities, helping this, helping that. Um, it's it's based on a lie. It's it's based on control is what it is, is, is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and utopia, people out there that are listening to this, need to understand that a utopian society is impossible because of human free will. Um, when you try to control people and put them in boxes and tell them what they have to do um, and don't reward people for their for their hard work and aspirations being realized, um, that they have to give all that away, man, people get fed up with it. And, and we're seeing that, luckily, right now in America. We're seeing it in, in England. I thought we were going to see it in France, I think. I think that election with Macron winning was over Le Pen was – that can't be um, – Legit election. I think that that was fixed, period. I, I think it was fixed because the massive rallies that were coming out for Le Pen, um, it was a mirror image of Trump against Clinton. Clinton had like 300 people in a hangar while Trump was filling stadiums. It was the exact same thing going on in France, and Macron wins by millions of votes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was you know, a little so, – yeah, I thought I thought the fix was in on that too, and that margin was way huge. It was like it was millions, like you said. I think it was like ten. It was it was a lot. It was a big number. So yeah, that was that clearly was horseshit. But like yeah, the said, fix was in on that one. Yeah, but like you said, man, it's it's a it's a global sentiment, man, and it's it's manifesting in in very interesting ways. And the weird thing is, man, it's like we've talked about it before. People just gotta. We're not all going to all agree necessarily, but, I mean, we all want life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for the most part for our families, et cetera. When I say, you know, for the most part, most common-sense thinking people, you know, some might have more right-leaning. Some might have some left-leanings, but at the end of the day, you know, like John F. Kennedy said, you know, we all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures, and we are all mortal. And it's just like we got to – once I see, hopefully, we can kind of get – to that point, because I mean, like right now, bro. Like I said, the, what do you think about that baseball game? The shooting, the the, the socialist guy. Like the, the the lines are being crossed, the Rubicons are being crossed, man. Well, think of all the uh, people in media in Hollywood, um, and even politicians in D.C. that are basically talking about violence against the president. There's twelve thousand tweets a day on average calling for Trump's murder, for his death. 12,000 tweets a day. So, you know, the people in the, and, and you'll hear, you know, I've got friends on the left who are like, dude, they were doing the same thing during the Obama administration. I go, you cannot compare, um, you know, Loretta Lynch giving um, a video speech saying, you know, we have bled and marched and dealt with violence before and we can do it again. You know, that's scary when, when, the former head of the DOJ is giving that kind of speech, basically pushing people to violence, man. Talking about marching and bleeding. Are you kidding me? Right. You know, this is this, this, and, you know, uh, Madonna talking about burning down the White House and, um, I don't even, Kathy Griffin holding up the severed head of, of President Trump. And, right. You know, this, the masses are lemmings, dude. They're, they're, they're not, they don't think like you or I. Um, they're very programmable. And it's scary that people are that easily swayed, and, and you're going to have nut jobs who are going to see all this stuff and get that seed planted in their head, and they're going to act out. They're just going to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the vitriol has become, like I said, it's it's become fucking, you know, so polarized to now where it is, you know, fuck, I'm going, this guy's dude, going to a dude, baseball game it. and opening um, up. How long do you think 
I mean, how, how long would I have a job anywhere if during the Obama administration I would like really truly say, you know, I'm going to go burn down the White House. I want to burn down the White House. Oh, yeah. oh, I've, yeah. I've really been thinking about that. People, dude, I, I mean, I'm guessing that the Secret Service would be up my ass in a second, number one. You know, have they visited Madonna? No, and that, that's, that's what I'm saying. That baits that question, dude, because the vitriol and the, the literal, the explicit calling for the death, decapitation, et cetera, it's, um, it's weird because I don't know if the Secret Service has visited those people, but it's weird because it's become trendy from fucking like Snoop, you name it, to, 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 to do this, you know what I mean? And like you said, it's not about necessarily right-left, but if, you know, the when it happened to Obama... It wasn't a lot of, uh, for lack of better, t- you know what I mean. It was kind of whatever ilk of society well, was doing it, that, it but it wasn't a trendy it wasn't Hollywood. People from, right. And the media it reinforcing it. People. Yeah, exactly, yeah. influential people, and then with the media reinforcing it, you know, haha, like just laughing it off. The fact that that Griff, I mean, I guess I don't know what's happening with her career, but it's like that was that was fucking gross, dude. You know what I mean? Like, however you yeah. feel about it, that was just beyond gross. Yeah, no, um, not a joke, not funny, obviously. Um, well, she paid a nice but, hefty, nice hefty ransom what's that? for that. She she paid a nice hefty price for that one because I think her shit, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that the left at least agreed with us on one thing for a hot minute. You know what I mean? It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm also, you know, while you were talking about Trump, it reminds me, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he is. Um, he is the guy that that I thought he was becoming. I'm not I'm not 100% convinced, but at the same time, you know, the shooting down of of Syrian aircraft was basically they shot down a couple drones, weaponized drones, right? Yeah, a couple of days ago is that we're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, to me, you know, if they were to shoot down a a MiG or something, you know, right. then we've got serious issues. I pray that doesn't happen, but you know, I think it was one or two Iranian drones that were weaponized that were moving towards they call them coalition forces which sure. means terrorists basically right which means isis no absolutely and the these are kind of uh a little bit more ambiguous moves that can be construed as kind of chess moves as opposed to like overt ones like you're saying uh like a shooting of a mig or a ground forces whereas his shit the shit show and i think i talked about this in the last show that business in Saudi Arabia, Trump and the dude grabbing the orb and the arms deal, it's like, that was a mind fuck for me, brother, because Saudi Arabia is one and has been for decades one of the biggest funders of this Wahhabi shit, along with right. us. You know what I mean? We do it and in tandem. Now, wasn't that wasn't that whole scene on The Simpsons? <laughs> um, I don't know about the Saudi Arabian part, but there is something that was kind of predicted with him running for president and coming down an escalator. I saw that clip, but... I don't know about the Saudi Arabia part. They somebody they either they did it after the fact or it actually exists. There was a drawing of of Trump and um, it, it like literally matched the picture of those guys with their hands oh. on the globe. They probably were afterwards, but I mean that that alone should like you know all of the <laughs> patriots, all of everyone who has been sucking Trump's dick should be like. That whole week, he was in the Middle East for, what, four or five days. He jumped right. from Saudi Arabia then to Israel. It was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like right in front of our face, and then everybody was still just like, yay, Trump. Dude, that's That was one of the – there's been a couple red flags. 
you know, the, the firing off stuff in, in, like I said, in Syria could be considered some 4D chess, etc. But going over and just swapping spit with our just known enemy and on TV and everybody just, like, lauded this Middle Eastern trip. I was like, look, man, we someone has some splaining to do. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah. mean, seriously. And, well, when you go back, and people can read about this a little bit more in detail, but um, allegedly, I'll say it that way, um, and it kind of points in the in that direction, that the British were the ones that helped fund uh, and establish Wahhabism in Saudi Arabia to Absolutely. begin with. Absolutely. Go back to Lawrence of Arabia. That's a good kind of start point for, for a lot of that. That's absolutely right, man. But that's what I'm saying. It's been a global thing. Like I said, Qatar, Pakistan, Israel, MI6. Uh, the two, two last bombers, the Manchester bomber and the one, uh, the other one in, in London, both were on MI6's radar. And that's what that's continuing. We've talked about that many a times. That continues to be a trend. Each of these guys are somehow, oops, fell through the cracks, kind of like we talked about with you know, Michelle McPhee, author of... Uh, uh, maximum harm on the on the Sarnea brothers. Like, come on, dude. This Keystone cop shit. How long? How long does that play in people's mind? Like, right. we were born at night, but not last fucking night. Like, literally, all these guys. You know, going back to Mohammed Atta. You know what I mean? Well, just slipped through German intelligence's fingers. Sorry, gang. And how does and how does a Canadian national um, Islamist come into the United States and stab a cop in the neck at the airport today in Michigan? Yeah. In Flint, Michigan, yeah. I didn't catch his yeah. name. Did you? So that's, and I love it. And I, you know, God, God bless our news. And you know, we don't want to have a rush to judgment. But it's like in London and all these, we are considering calling it a tip. It's not. Well, we don't know his name or whatever. But guy runs his car into such and such or blows up such and such. We're on the fence as to whether they're referring to this as a terrorist attack quite yet, Pat. We're not quite sure. Could be a disgruntled worker, domestic violence, you know. I, but we always find out what the story is. But yeah, I mean, you know, fuck again on on MI6's radar. And again, who who is this guy today? We'll be anxious to hear it. I bet a million bucks he was on either Canadian Intel or our Intel's radar. Let's go back to Fetal Gulan. There we go. Fetal Gulan, Imam Gulan. What's he still doing here? Right, just chilling, chilling in Pennsylvania. Twenty billion dollar foundation. Most uh, highly prestigious charter schools, quote unquote, right under our nose, dude. And that's what I'm saying. We talk about this almost every show because there's always a terrorist attack, and we can always be like, you know what? So much of this shit is being put into motion. And dude, in the next coming shows, uh, like I said, we always have, you know, Sibel Edmonds is coming, ladies and gentlemen. But we're also going to get other folks who speak the same language and talk about you know we're talking about how the geopolitical map is changing into eurasian pacific southeast asian region china in the last week has got hit with isis western china has got hit huge with isis moving into the philippines and we talked about this on the last show the philippines obviously uh the head of asean the association of southeast asian nations the fourth largest global economy essentially in the world that has excluded the west very china friendly a la the uh one belt one road this is the chess game going down right isis is being used once again as the destabilizing force yeah you called yeah, that you called that brother like two weeks before do you remember that yeah. You called because Duterte was I forget he I forget what it was but you had totally called that. Well, he kicked the he kicked the global banking establishment out of the Philippines. That's what it told was, him yeah. to take a hike, and I said basically 
how long is it going to take um, for a coup to take place to try and oust him? And yeah, a couple of weeks later, suddenly there's, you know, and then people, uh, detractors are basically saying, yeah, you know, we, we, uh, we knew, you know, that there were terrorists in the Philippines, obviously, and there has been for years, but, you know, this type of attack, it's, it's pretty obvious what's going on because it's continuing. I see you, Lynn. I see you in the reflection of the UFC thing. I see you. <laughs> no, and you're absolutely right. And it is no accident that Duterte, is, who was the president of the Philippines, is the chairman of ASEAN. And, you know, he obviously now has heat with Trump. And, I mean, it's, again, it's the chess game, dude. But, you know, here, and here comes ISIS. Here's, here comes ISIS in China. Because this is the area where the one belt, one road is going right through this area where ISIS is destabilizing right now. So, yeah. Do you think China's going to play with these people? No, absolutely not. But I mean, they, but they'll continue doing. It's so not funny because they've literally been doing this for the last mm, twenty, thirty years. I mean, you look at from them hijacking our, you know, basically our our Google, our software, etc. They've been setting up shop there for a long time, and we don't do anything. You know, whatever kind of we need them almost more than they need us. You know, they own so much of our debt, etc. And they've just, you know, slowly been setting up shop all throughout Southeast Asia, moving into into Europe. I mean, it's they've been doing it, you know, without really firing a shot. And that, that economic war has been really kind of going on for a long time with those guys. So, um, you know, as we talk about that with China, with Russia, you know, doing their deals in petroleum with with the Chinese notes instead of the American dollar. Yep. You know, Brazil, Brazil starting to do the same thing. They have been for years. And other countries, smaller countries jumping on board with them. Now we're getting into a point with you see all these conflicts going on, these flashpoints going on around the world uh, with North Korea, with the Philippines, with China, with, you know, the Ukraine, with Syria, Iraq, all this, you know, Yemen, everything else. Um, the makings, the the components are are really getting there to where we end up in maybe not just a um, a conflict in the Middle East or, you know, in North Korea, but globally. Well, again, and we had this conversation with uh, former deputy director of the counterintelligence for the FBI, Dave Zadie. And, you know, I, I wonder if, not that it would get to a mutually assured destruction, but if that kind of global war can't happen anymore simply because the economic interdependence through all these quote-unquote unions, it's like why scorched earth? Because then you're just starting starting from zero, and that's like a zero-sum game there. So it's just like... I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird because um, the, the wars just are so asymmetrical anymore. You know, you almost, you know, back in the day, Roman days, or you know, you would siege a siege would be like you'd cut off the borders, and if it took months or years, you just starve out the area. Then you move in. You know what I mean? And that's really kind of a, right. a sophisticated way of what's going on now. Like as far as economically and a lot of these trade deals. You know, I'm not smart enough to really break down Chinese economy, but it looks like in the global scheme of things, they're winning, especially when you look at these things like ASEAN and, and the, the the global shift to this region. It's big time stuff, man. Yeah, so that's where wars happen, though, because of the, that exact type of stuff, not only the fight for resources, but just the... the um, the notes that are being used, the global notes, the, the American dollar is the petrodollar being eroded. Um, China starting to erode away at our economy, Russia doing the same, uh, doing deals with people in their own, their own currency. 
Um, that, you know, I mean, think about it. We blockaded Japan before World War II, before Pearl Harbor. We were causing them great financial strain. And, you know, at the same time, you know, it was, I mean, Germany had gone through, you know, the Great Depression with us, basically. Um, you know, there was poverty over there. That's how Hitler got the rise and, and came into power. And then then all hell broke loose with World War Two. So, um, but generally, in, in each of these wars, a lot of times there is these these Sullivan Cromwells, these these Fritz Thyssen's, these I.G. Farbens behind it, creating it, creating a Third Reich or creating a whatever army it is. It seems like now, if if we if we were to start a war with China, it would be almost a sign of desperation, not <clears throat> not a move, not a power move, a move from strength, because it's like. Over there, that whole region, it's almost going to be completely Chinese-dominated. So they're not going to find a lot of Western-friendly kind of allies to, you know, to have their back, if you will. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll is see. A, I mean, you could, but, you could, but, but is it? are we looking past what, you know, thinking that it's just financial and thinking um, and not realizing that it is about global Marxism versus freedom, um, about taking over the global economy about collapsing everything and destroying nearly everything and then creating one oh, yeah, digital sure. note you yeah. know what i mean yeah no they they definitely have no compunction about taking out a few hundred million or you know whatever it is to to move to the next phase you're absolutely correct cause we've seen it happen i'm just i just wonder if that's that is where we're at right now you could be absolutely right that but i think it's the the bigger picture is what it is to me that um that that's what it really comes down to. I mean, it's not just about it's not just about the the economy about China taking over globally. It's it's so much I think bigger than that even. Yeah, I mean, like I said, most of these global wars is generally funded by both sides and has been you know going back to the, the Venetians and hopefully we'll have on. Uh, there's Dr. too too there's, again. There, and you got you got to think, dude. There's too many mouths to feed already. You think? Are you of the are you of the overpopulation ilk or that we're pushing? No, I'm the, I'm of the Georgia guides. I'm of the Georgia guidestones. Um, why the hell did they put you know five hundred number? What what was it? Five hundred million? It's something like that. Yeah, um, it was a low was number compared to what we got. I mean, hell, the, what did the United States yeah, said? What two hundred million? Are we at eight eight billion now? Pushing it, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's in my mind the lever pullers. That's that's what they would. I mean, we we got to thin the herd, basically, is what they're saying. <laughs> that is what they're saying. And it's happening. It's happening. Again, as I posted in Facebook, as you and I and whoever else wants to argue about Autobot versus fucking Decepticon, right, left, you know, whatever thing they have you on, gay, straight, black, white, Muslim, Christian, they're poisoning all of our water. They're poisoning all of our food, all of yeah. our air, all of our soil. So right. as we continue to infight in that way, they're sitting back laughing their asses off. Well, think about think about this though. Um, kind of interesting that I that I ran across this that there have been um, gosh hundreds and hundreds of earthquakes in the past week in Yellowstone Park. Right? I was just going to ask you that when you're talking about uh, depopulation or hundreds, and at the rate that the earthquakes are going, so the the average number of earthquakes per year in Yellowstone is about between a thousand to three thousand at its highest, right? At the rate it's at for the past week of earthquakes, that would be about 16,000 earthquakes per year. So that's... When the average is what? Say that again. The average is 1,000 to 3,000 on a high. 
and at the pace we're at right now, it would be nearly 16,000 earthquakes in one year. So that's what 15 to 13,000 more earthquakes um, than normal, right? So you sit there and you think it's the biggest super volcano in the world right underneath Yellowstone, okay? And and if that thing goes, we yeah. don't have to worry about anybody. That's you know, what I said. About the global level, indefinitely, indefinitely cancel Christmas if that thing goes off, <laughs> without a doubt. So that the lever puller, the lever pullers will be dead with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they they have their they have their uh, their uh, under underground redoubts, as Alex Jones calls them, or you know your Mount Weather. If you've ever heard of Mount Weather, you know the people they have the. Uh, the underground yeah, facilities. Yeah, but I get it. I get it. I get it. But, you're uh, on the list. You know you're on the list, Pat. Like we need some Pat Militich to teach everyone how to be badasses post-apocalyptic. I just, I, I just like it when everybody tells me, you know, that they've been stocking up on ammo and food and stuff, so I know where to go. I mean, you know, because because I haven't stocked up nearly enough, so I'm going to need to go get that stuff. Yeah, just just watch the episodes of uh, Doomsday Preppers and just start picking those guys off. Those, <laughs> a couple of those guys are just right smack dab in residential areas. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that Caldera because uh, you had sent me that thing earlier today, and that 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 would be um, whatever they call it, extinction level. Won't be any um, corn and beans growing in Iowa, you know. And and speaking of the Doomsday Prepper show. You know, I remember the one that was like a lady on there who was who was prepping, and they're like, "Well, what are you doing to protect yourself and stuff?" She's like, "I'm, you know, taking some kickboxing and this and that, and I got this switchblade knife, you know, and all this other." I'm like, <laughs> "Talk about an easy, talk about a soft target, right?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to you know whatever I I. I I find those shows interesting, quite frankly, just to see kind of the hubris that some people is just like they put a lot of obviously a lot of thought into it. But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, do you realize like how soft like you just said, how soft of a target you really are? First of all, you're on cable television, you know, showing everybody your your goods and shit. But at the end of the day, it's like it's one thing to have it. And this is what my history teacher said this about sovereignty. If you don't if you can't protect your sovereignty, you ain't got it. Right. And if you can't protect that shit, that ain't yours. So Yeah. So um let's talk George Webb a little bit before we get off because we've got about uh, ten minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about George Webb and rat lines. You know, you've you've um really hoping, really hoping read to get into George him and Red, to him George a lot. On. Hoping to get him on. He said he's down, so we're trying to just lock down a time and date. Yeah, maybe give people a preview of, of what is really going on with his rat lines and George Webb being apparently Mossad. Well, he he has stated that he is Israeli Mossad, and you know if you understand the Mossad's uh, Mossad's mantra or motto is "By way of deception, thou shalt make war." And I've listened to a lot of his interviews, and not to sound like I'm fucking Jason Bourne or anything, but a lot of they they talk oftentimes in codified ways, and he's used certain phrases, et, et cetera, including like literally almost explicitly saying, "Hey, kind of we kind of de- got to deceive in the world of war." Like he's literally almost said that. So even also saying he is Mossad. But anyway, he's done a lot of sleuthing over the last many months. He's kind of just appeared out of nowhere, if you will. And um, interesting gentleman. He's he's. I would rather have him explain the full breadth of what it is. But anyway, as it as it relates to the rat lines, um, our country essentially has been infiltrated by by foreign com- uh, foreign countries, if you will. And as we've talked about in this show a lot, 
in order to get in certain levels, you have to be blackmailable. You have to be willing to do certain things. Right. He mentioned certain committees. I believe it's the Foreign Relations Committee and the Armed, Service, Armed Services Committee. There's two different, like, very heavy-hitting committees in Washington that a lot of this dark shit goes down. One side takes care of kind of the natural resources side of going into different countries, extracting different minerals, resources, et cetera. The other side takes care of what are known kind of the, the, the dark money side, the rat lines, as they call them, of – uh, we've talked about many times on the show, money, guns, people, drugs, and including um, our last conversation with uh, former Russian Spetsnaz, Sonny Puzikas, hipped us up to the global trade in organs, organ harvesting. So he talks about essentially how these global forces, including forces in our government, help facilitate all of this. And it's almost super, super commonplace through these different committees in Washington. Um, and I'll let him explain the Awan brothers because uh, that just gets into crazy shit. How basically Pakistan, uh, through their ISI and other countries, are just are surveilling all of our uh, senators, congressmen, etc. through their blackberries. I know yeah, it sounds crazy, he, but he goes into the it. DNC chairman who had them on their. Uh, uh, that would be Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah, Miss Wasserman Schultz uh, brought these scumbags in and so not only did george webb come off with this information it is being alleged ladies and gentlemen as we heard so much in the last several weeks and months about an individual who used to work for the dnc by the name of seth rich um it is said that he was one of the uh liaisons of wikileaks um as it relates to dnc hacking as far as uh bernie getting robbed as far as the the, the democratic primary but come to find out, Seth Rich had way, way more deeper information than that. As it relates, these emails he had come to find detailed a lot of this rat line uh, business that was, you know, you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of emails. So, um, yeah, again, and, the and allegedly Anthony Weiner was part of this. And Anthony Weiner, Huma, Hillary. Uh, it's pretty, it, it kind of encompasses it both sides, quite frankly, because you have both sides on these committees. And again, you have to kind of have that illusion of like fake opposition when in fact kind of both right. of these guys are playing inside baseball while kind of doing the WWE, you know, goose step out in front of us. Right. And it's like John McCain. Um, I mean, they're saying that they've got the records showing, and I, I need to look at his campaign donations, but his campaign received money allegedly from the Clinton Foundation um, and some even darker um, darker groups. It shows that he's and, and his actions show that he's 100 percent in bed with the with the leftists. Oh, for I mean, you know, again, two sides of the same coin. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Um you know, he, he like I said, we've talked about. It. He he's facilitated the you know f funding of ISIS, and you know he kind of set up shop with that you know several years ago. Like he's he's definitely got his dirt. It makes on him. you know it all makes sense, doesn't it, Jeff? I mean, if if the Clinton Foundation donated to McCain's campaign, um, he would go over for Hillary's State Department or John Kerry's um, group at the time back then too. You know, either one he was working for, being you know buddies, rubbing elbows with going over and, and helping to fund the free Syrian army that turns out to be a little more extreme than we thought. Just just a little bit. Just a yeah. little bit. Yeah, burning people alive, beheading people. You know, Extracting children's organs. organs. Children. Yeah. 
And, you know, and again, uh, this is, you know, once again, shit that's really happening. Of course, you know, you and I co-host the show together, so it's almost commonplace to us as we speak of it. But I'm sure people listening are like, WTF, triple fucking exclamation marks, because, you know, it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing. It is really mind-blowing. But something I also, I also wanted to mention before we hop off, of course, you have Jay Johnson, uh, the former Homeland Security. You know, he's been all over the news lately with his uh, uh, Russia at the explicit direction of Putin, which I found fucking hilarious, yeah. um, did whatever he was doing with as far as the election, and they have X amount of data, et cetera, et cetera. And again, you know, I don't really trust much that comes from our government anyway, but let us not forget Vault 7. Wasn't it Vault 7 or Vault 7? Vault 7, where they essentially laid out a bunch of NSA, NSA tactics, one including, I can hack your DNC files and say it was fucking Iceland. Fucking yeah. Cote d'Ivoire, Antarctica, Russia. I can. Yeah, and Jay put, Johnson. Put, look, here's the thing. You know, if I would have been sitting there when Jay Johnson was saying that, I just said, "Hold on a second, asshole." <laughs> it was your. It was. It was your Department of Homeland Security that was hacking Georgia's elections a year ago, dude. So what are you talking about? They hacked Georgia elections like three different times. That came directly from from. Um, the Department of Homeland Security computers. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. Because we were, I looked to get that guy on the show. I forget he was the Secretary of State of Georgia. You're absolutely right, dude. You're absolutely right. Look that up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I mean, if, if 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 justice were served, do you know how many politicians and bureaucrats would be in prison right now, dude? But yeah. This is a, I like most of them. Like, what DC'd be a fucking ghost town. It, it would be. It absolutely would be. But you know, I, this is what I hope to get people hip to. Stop, you know, do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain is what they're trying to hit you with, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, they're, they're just people like the rest of us. Stop falling for this, uh, their, their, their spell, if you will. It's not a right-left thing. There's some dark, dark shit going on in the world being facilitated through Washington, D.C. and other countries, man. It's, I'm glad we're here to do this show to kind of help put certain puzzle pieces together. Because I know a lot of people don't have time to do it, but fuck, dude. Yeah. And some listen, bad shit listen, going on, ladies and gentlemen. And here's the, here's the transcript, too. I'll just read, like, a paragraph so people can understand. That as far as the rat lines, when I go back to that part, um, with George Webb um, dealing with and talking about uh, CIA's contractor, Dynacorp, manages all the rat lines, um, the three Muslim uh, Awan brothers who committed espionage, JTTF's asset forfeiture program. Um, and it says in the series... Uh, George talks about CA contractor named Dynacorp that manages all the rat lines, and the rat lines are for sex trafficking, child trafficking, drug trafficking, arms trafficking, and organ harvesting as well. Basically, they've done this all around the world in every country they are in where they have police contracts. A lot of times they have medical contracts as well with the organ harvesting people. And then it says, uh, but these soldiers, mercenaries, kind of move back and forth between U.S. law enforcement, especially state police and county sheriffs with Dynacorp. Some really scary, scary shit here, dude. And Dynacorp has been fined tens of millions of dollars throughout the years for that very thing. But they also still get federal contracts. It's the most fucking insane thing in the world. Yeah, I mean... Dude. Yeah, no, Dyncor has been around for a long time with the child trafficking, human trafficking, and come to find out with this with this organ harvesting. We're, Wait, just, incre- says, we're just increasing the target on our back, Pat. You realize this? Absolutely, but, I mean, whatever. It is what it is, man. The truth's got to come out. And it says, in previous episodes, I showed 
this prosecutor software promise, and it was called uh, this back about 20 years ago, was stolen by a guy named Bill Wells. He was the Libertarian vice presidential candidate this year. And that was basically an index of all the people, the criminals in all these cultured uh, people's countries. So as the CIA sold this software all around the world, let's say Libya, the Libyan prosecutors would say he's a terrorist, Muslim Brotherhood, he's a terrorist. Well, the CIA, CIA was also able to see that. So instead of the CIA going to the helping and helping these countries arrest these people, the CIA was actually engaging them to do overthrows like they did in Libya, like they did in Syria, Kosovo, Bosnia, Afghanistan, all around the world. So this dude, it's it's mind blowing when that's just like the tip of the iceberg. When you get deep into this stuff, we got to get this guy on, man. And it's global, ladies and gentlemen. It's global. I mean, get your mind around that. I don't know if anybody's left their hometown, and I'm sorry if you haven't, but when you talk about a global operation like this, I don't mean that to say condescending, ladies and gentlemen. Grasp what we are saying. This is a global operation. It's been going on for a long time, and that's not even talking about the terror that's being funded and facilitated in the same global fashion. Right. People got to get hold of man. There's some dark shit, man. Some dark shit. You know, you it makes you say to yourself, um, yeah, rethink. Did I really want to bring kids into this world? Well, I mean, it makes you rethink everything. So much of what we've been taught is a freaking lie, bro. Right. And it's it's really, you know, and I, when you get to the darkness of it and you you, not, you don't marinate in the darkness, you just recognize it for what it is, you see the people who go along with it. It is a Stockholm Syndrome. These are boiling frogs with Stockholm Syndrome that are just like lapping this shit up, asking for seconds, and I hope they're just... I hope they listen to some of this, man. You know We're not we, crazy. You know what we need to do to get more people to listen to this? Because you know people are avoiding our show somewhat. I mean, a lot of people listen to us. We've got people all over 130 countries listening to us. But we need to, like, put, like, happy titles with our with our show. Like, we're, we're discussing you – know, this week we're having a horticulturist discuss, um, you know, the most beautiful flowers on the planet and how to grow them, right? And then <laughs> – like you know how many liberals that would attract to the show, <laughs> and then, they, and then, and then they'd Rick, be like, "What? What do you? What? This rolled. is going on? Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> you know it wouldn't even go that far. I'd be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like today we're going to talk about rat lines and child organs. Click, click. Uh. <laughs> That's why I'm saying, man. Let's we need to we need to trick some trick some people so that we grow uh, grow this fan base to. Every country on the hey, look, they're gonna they're gonna get like my dad. He always says, "Where hard head makes a soft ass." You're gonna get it whether you want to get it or not. I'm telling you. I mean, and if you don't, that's fine. You know, not everyone's gonna get what we're saying, but I'm telling you, at this stage of the game where we're at right now, man, you know, you gotta know who your enemies are. You know what I mean? If you're talking about people talking about war, revolution, et cetera, et cetera, you gotta at least know who your enemies are. Know the nature of nature of the threat. Because a lot and, of people just and don't. I don't know. Do we have enough ammo for that? <laughs> I can't even answer that question. To defend ourselves from that? Until next time. <laughs> Look, I'm in Houston this week. I just hope it doesn't go up. Oh. I mean, this summer's been relatively calm, man. I mean, when I say quote unquote, I mean it's we still have a little bit to go. Well, I wouldn't. Here's the thing: last year, 50% the the attacks um, and assaults on police officers went up 50%, and this year it's up 21% already from that. It gives you an idea where we're headed. 
Yeah, we I, we haven't even talked about the uh, Philando Castillo that recent uh, cop sh- shooting, and then I saw it was a. I was up late last night. I saw some video of just a bunch of folks, dude. It might have been the new Black Panther Party, and they were all armed. Like, we got to police our community or something like that. But again, dude, it's like uh, escalation, dude. Just another escalation. Well, I you know, seen- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to um, the new Black Panther group policing their... Um, their communities and getting people in order, dude. I mean, that's what. Well, I mean, traditionally, doing, that's right? where the Black Panther originated from. When you start talking about their origin, origination, it was you know you did have a lot of police brutality in some of these areas, and they literally were right. just. I mean, you had you had healthcare centers, you had free breakfasts in the morning. I mean, you had communities that were locked down until obviously COINTELPRO and the infiltration, and then you know it, it got ugly. But right, um, yeah, and I, I, I whatever. That's a whole other conversation about the new new Black Panther Party because I heard they're not. I think they're pretty well infiltrated as well. But point being, uh, things are escalating. Um, and I, we haven't really discussed the, that recent uh, Minnesota, I think that was. I haven't seen the video. I remember I saw the Facebook Live video when the guys, you know what I'm talking about? The Minnesota, some a guy, Philando Castillo, got shot and his girlfriend Facebook Lived it and the cop got off from manslaughter recently. And I guess the dash cam got recently released. Yeah, yeah, they released it. And, and I, uh, I haven't seen it, but I mean, everyone's reaction is like, "Holy shit, what the fuck!" But I just, I can't speak on it until I actually, actually see it. But and I haven't seen the details or the proof that, you know, she was saying in that in that video where I picked up on the video was he had already been shot, and she was talking to the camera, and he was there dying, and um, you know, the cop still had his gun pointed at at him, and she's saying, you know, please don't kill me, please don't kill me, I'm not doing anything wrong, and um, the four year old saying was in the that he was a, saying that he had a concealed carry permit on him and the cop asked for his identification. And as he reached, she said that he was reaching for his ID when other people were saying, no, he was trying to pull his gun out. Well, see, that's where I need to see because the reactions and I just read comments and I do need to watch the video before I speak on it, but I will speak on it anyway. It, the, the, the thing is, it sounds like he, somebody had said, he had said, I have a gun on me, not a permit, and then so apparently he reached to either pull out. He reached basically, and yeah. for a cop who had just heard, I have a gun. And dude, if I told you I have a gun, my hands are in the fucking air. Like, girl, bro, I'm just letting you know, right? I have a gun. Yeah, and I don't know what, if he was you know, saying he had a legal permit or not. I don't know if that. Yeah, what he was I've been saying. pulled over for speeding. No, that's and that's what you have to do. You know, um, whether Especially you're white or nowadays, black, and, and you know, maybe a cop's more paranoid about a black guy saying that and then reaching. I, I I get that, dude. I get it, but. You know, when cops pull me over, I've been pulled over twice in the past year, um, and I've got my concealed carry permit. I hand that to the police officer with my driver's license, and he said, "Are you are you carrying now?" And I say, "I don't have it on my body. I have it in the console of my truck." Um, so, you know, if you want me to give it to you to put on the hood, you feel better about that. Whatever you want me to do, and he's like, "No, man, just leave it where it's at. You know, keep your hands where I can see them, and we're all good." Right. You know, and so that, you, I mean, honestly, you, you, you do. You have to be open with them, and you have to keep your hands up in the freaking air or on the steering wheel where you know where they can see them. Cops, co- a cops need to be trained properly to deal with those situations, and b civilians need to know when you. I mean, fucking Minneapolis. I mean, regardless of like you said, there might be some you know, hey, it's a black dude. Let me be a little bit more on point or whatever. But it's like we have to know protocols as fucking relates to dealing with police, like. You don't say, hey, man, yeah, I have a gun, and then start reaching for some shit. I'm not saying that's what he did, but I'm saying protocol. Right. I'm doing everything humanly possible 
short of warm cupping cupping your balls with a warm towel to show I am not a fucking threat. You know what I mean? I my yeah. hands are up and I am doing. You know what I mean? And that's Just when you're be- actually that's when you're actually truthfully saying, hands up, don't shoot. Right. Well, I, clearly, I am clearly I am not a fucking threat. But you know, it's, hey, sometimes motherfuckers still get shot doing that. But dude, my, it, here's the crazy thing. Now, think about people this. just know how to act, dude. Yeah. people don't know how to act. And Michael Brown's family got a settlement out of that deal. When you know what, I saw something about that today. And another thing, I haven't read and can't speak on intelligent, but I did see that there was a settlement, which is interesting. And obviously, they're not revealing the amount. Uh, the Brown family probably you know has a hush order on it. Um, but here's the thing. There were three investigations. I mean, Eric Holder's um, Department on, of Justice was trying to crucify that cop, and they couldn't find anything wrong, that all of his accounts were truth, truthful. So how does Brown's family then get paid if... No, dude, I, I and I, I thought I bookmarked this article because I, I wanted to, if we did bring it up today, it wasn't even... I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if I fuck this up, but it seemed to me the, the verdict or the rendering was... It really didn't have anything to do with the actual shooting. It was the climate of racism against black folk in Ferguson, which led to the the interaction with with uh, uh, Darren Wilson and Mike Brown. Like, dude, literally, it's if, from what I read from the Fox News reporter, whatever report it was, it was it had little to nothing to do with the actual shooting. And I'm sorry if I'm fucking this up, ladies and gentlemen. It sounded like it was more the general climate. They got paid for just the general climate. Of things going on in Ferguson. You know what's crazy is how can I mean? Wouldn't a judge or the jury or somebody sit there? I mean, if we, if it was for deliberations, we'd be like, wait a minute, Brown just got done slapping a store owner around, um, strong arm robbery, walked out with what he wanted, and then was walking down the middle of the street. You know, he's big enough to eat hay and shit in the middle of the road. And a cop pulls up and goes, "Hey, dude, get off the freaking road, get up on the sidewalk, and gets." And then the guy, you know, then Brown attacks him, gets shot once, leaning inside the car, trying to fight for the cop's gun. And then the cop obviously doesn't want Darren Wilson doesn't want this guy to get away because obviously, if he's willing to attack a cop and trying to take his gun, he's pretty much a threat to society at that point. Wilson gets out, and Brown charges him again, and uh, eventually gets killed. Uh, because of it, dude, aren't you kind of contributing to the problems in that society? Uh, you know, that you know what you're, it, you're it the sucks cause when of your he, own demise. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounded like he was he kind of was he, he was not doing himself any favors. And again, like, you know, protocol 101, like, you know, first walking in the road, cop tells you get out of the road. You know, what I mean, there, there's just heat and just a general adversarial relationship with cops and, you know, people in that region anyway. But um, when it comes to the forensics, when it comes to the science, you know, it's like I. I just fucking, and I, I hate that, I guess I don't hate it, but just that general just constant skepticism when it comes to forensics on some of these cases. Uh, like Puzika said, when we had him on, you know, and I'm not saying this is all cops, but I know there's huge inner circles in cops and they will lie and cover each other's ass and give perjurious testimony. I had on uh, a forensic pathologist, Dr. Cyril Wecht, man. He served on the Kennedy assassination, Robert Kennedy, just a bunch of shit. And, you know, he gave, you know, there there could be some ambiguity as to like you said the charging wound the top of the head wound was it uh, from a charge or was it from a direct uh, execution style as he kind of called it blow so i mean and again people are going to see it through different through different eyes you know if you're in ferguson you're going to see it on the eyes of they shot my man execution style like they said from the right. initial thing right right so it just it 
it's crazy, man. And obviously we have all these different – we just see the world differently. So like I said, when the forensic evidence comes out and even the prosecute the uh, states – I forget his name, like the state prosecuting guy – you know, everyone's like, well, he's he said it. And like you just said, they did three investigations, et cetera, et cetera. That, you know, yeah, that you reminds know, Eric, me of the- Eric Holder and his Department of Justice from day one was going after cops. Right. That's the only thing. Like Holder couldn't even figure it out. His his even though they were out to get Wilson, they couldn't they couldn't argue with with his account, which. You know, in the end, most likely makes it probably pretty authentic and and uh, right. truthful. But I mean, dude, look, you're you're not pasty white like me, and you're down there in the St. Louis area. I mean, have you run into problems with cops where they've been obviously, uh, you know, more aggressive because you're not? Uh, dude, listen Asian? to me. I I first of all, and this is. Cops can fuck with you regardless of how you're behaving. But I will tell you, I always conduct myself in a way <clears throat> where I just don't have cops around me, bro. I was pulled over for the first time last year, for the first time in almost 15 years. Okay. I, I, just, I just don't come across it. You know what I mean? Do I see it affect other people and shit like that? Absolutely. It happens all the time. I had a event at my bar and a few you know, high-ups in this particular department sitting there pounding whiskey talking about the shit they do in their inner circle right you know what i mean I, I i just know it exists but it's like for me personally for your question like i i just conduct myself in a way because you're not gonna fucking win dude you're right. not gonna win you're going so when to you, jail when you got pulled over how'd that go down uh you know what dude i i didn't even have insurance so i was just what did he pull me over for Expired tag. I do. I had an expired tag and no insurance, and he let me go, dude. Let me go. Just because well, I was cool. Just what what'd I just, you do for him? Yeah, <laughs> dude. We we actually wound up sitting there. He's like, man, you don't have insurance. I'm like, dude, I really literally was about to get it, and I was. He's like, yeah, man, I I get it, man. Me and my wife, I we pay seven hundred dollars. So it's like we wound up. You just kind of bridge that adversarial gap. I didn't come to him disrespectfully. You know, respect begets respect oftentimes, right, right. and that's generally well, it's cool that he let you go because a cop has never let me go for something like that. And this was the state police, too. This was a state – this was like – A know, state he, trooper let you go? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Holy cow, dude. You are lucky. Right. But, I mean, like I said, pro, to answer your question, like I said, I just generally don't put myself in situations where I'm going to be fucked with, and if I do, it's, you know – Sounds like you pulled off – you pulled off what my brother Bill did one time when he got pulled over in, in uh, Texas – by a by a Texas state trooper dude and he was going like 135 miles an hour in his Corvette cop pulls him over and the cop goes uh driver's license and insurance please and my brother has got a wad of hundreds in his wallet and so he opens up his wallet and he puts $100 bill on the count on the dashboard near the driver's side window and he goes hmm I can't seem to find it in here he puts another one up there Officer, I'm looking for it. Hold on one second. My brother, my brother got to like eleven hundred bucks, twelve hundred bucks, and the cop freaking reaches in and takes the money and goes, "Have a good day." And, nice. And this is, you know, this is twenty years ago, though, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had some blessed moments, dude. My best friend, we call it one of some of my Jason Bourne moments, dude. I bought it when I was on the television show Burn Notice. Right. Flew to Miami out of St. Louis. I boarded a plane without my driver's license. Yeah, that's not good. With no ID. 
I boarded a plane. Well, they have to search you and do all of that. And- he didn't really do shit. I, was, I let him. I was like, hey, dude, do what you got to do. I have to make this flight to Miami. But it was just like nobody did shit, dude. I, and then you had I to get a, back. I No, I, I had it immediately because I knew coming out of Miami I needed it. But getting to out of St. Louis, I boarded that fucker without an ID, dude. I was like, I handed him my boarding pass. I'm like, look, bro, I do not have my ID, but... I am Jeff Wilson all day, like whatever you need to do. To, like, and he <laughs> just he's like, oh, go ahead. And if the if the little guy who wants to touch your balls wants to touch him, like he right. will. And no, nobody did. So my Jason Bourne moment. Maybe you forgot it on purpose, given the case that he was going to. Well, I know. I was trying to. You know, I brought a cigar with me. I was ready to have a nice steak afterwards. <laughs> like, eh, at least buy me dinner. All right, brother. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, do you got anything else you want to cover? We went a little bit of everywhere today, which is good because there's so much going on, dude. And uh, yeah. nope, I'm, I'm good. To cover. I'm good. And uh, hope everybody out there is having a good day, a safe day. And uh, thanks for listening. Absolutely. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We have uh, we have some good guests lined up here in the coming weeks, man. Just to tease that, and I'll leave that alone right there. Stay tuned. There will be more.